She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. It's Friday, which means we have a guest and we have got this week, Connie Simmons. So Connie Simmons, for those of you who don't know who Connie is, Connie is a mum to Macy. She is also a podcast host. She has her own podcast, which we talk about in this episode. And she is also an author. And she also has an amazing platform on Instagram that she really promotes beauty from the inside out, self-love, body confidence, body image. Um, And she really shares about real life, to be honest. It's about the ups and downs and the the realities of being a mum. I love how she uses her platform to share openly and authentically. I think that's so, so important, especially if you are an influencer, that you're using your platform to serve and to help do good in this world, right? She talks in this episode about her journey and the extreme lengths that she has gone to to lose weight, to fit in. And it goes right back to her childhood and how she started to develop at such an early age and developing, you know, boobs and getting her period um, way before any of her friends had and how she had shame around that and then how it went on to impact her life. Now, I don't want to spoil it. Like, you're like, right, Jill, spoiler alert. I just want you guys to really listen to this episode and... And I know that there'll be parts of it that you'll think, oh my God, yeah, I I totally get that. Or, oh my gosh, yeah, that was me. Or maybe you have a daughter that is at that point right now and and maybe you need to listen to this for her, right? I know that you're going to love it. There's lots that we cover. Um, So I'm going to let you go in. But before you go, I want to tell you a little bit about an event that I'm running on Sunday that I want you all to come to. It's a self-care Sunday live event. It's going to be on Zoom. It is a ticketed event, but we've only ticketed it at £22 because we have made this accessible to everyone. So it's called Manifesting Abundance and I'm running it with Lynette Gray. We are going to be doing meditations visualizations we're going to be journaling we're going to be moving our body we're going to be dancing we're going to be shaking it off we're going to be doing other exercises too and it is a full moon on Sunday so we're going to be doing a full moon ritual which means we can clear out anything that we no longer want to hold on to and start to manifest in what we do it's from 10 a.m till 11 30 it's going to be incredible I'm putting the link in the show notes and you can also book your ticket by going onto my Instagram at just Jill coaching and booking your ticket there as well. So guys come along. You'll get so much from it. You'll be done by 1230 and the rest of the afternoon is yours. So without any further ado, I'm going to let you go and listen to this epic episode. Have an amazing weekend guys. Lots of love. She loves herself with Jill Ritchie. So welcome to the She Loves Herself podcast. Connie, I'm so happy that you said yes. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so it's so nice not being the podcaster and being the guest. <laughs> so I, I feel like I can relax. Because <laughs> you've got your own podcast, haven't you? So tell us a wee bit about that. So my podcast used to be called Growing Up Female. Mm. Um, the idea behind it was 
uh, I felt like there was a lack of really amazing role models out there for young girls there was this obsession with reality stars and not that reality stars can't be amazing role models but it was like this obsession for overnight success and I was doing talks at schools and I was hearing girls saying oh I want to be a YouTuber or I want to be on Love Island like like that was an ambition like okay being a YouTuber can be but what goes behind being a YouTuber like is so much more than just being a YouTuber Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it was that was my sort of inspiration for growing up female was like let me get some guests on here that have an amazing story amazing journey to success um, and you know hopefully that will inspire some some young girls to um, think outside the box a little bit um, and then after three series I had a bit of a break because it was the pandemic happened trying to juggle work Macy obviously mental health and like coping through something we've never experienced before and moving house I needed a break because like as you I'm sure you know sourcing the guests and getting them to commit finding a date it's a job in itself um so I had a bit of a break and then when I came back I just thought I'm going to revamp it I want to open the doors to a a variety of guests not just women because growing up female was just all about women Mm. so I called it How Are You, the wellbeing podcast, because as we know, this year's been tough and mental health is, you know, deteriorating for a lot of people or people that never experienced mental health um, issues or suffered from mental health are now suffering because this is just such an abnormal time. So I wanted to focus on that and open up the door for, you know, everyone and anyone really to talk about their life, their, their journey, you know, things they've gone through, how they've overcome it. Um, so the narrative is still there to inspire, um, but it's just there's a slight change. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Seriously, you're pivoting, right? Yeah. You're pivoting with it. You're going yeah. with the times because yeah. it's for changing. I, I resonate because when I started this, it was she loves herself, and it was season one was all women. But there's there's guys coming on this this season too because I think that's the thing, right? I'm all about female empowerment and and women, but I've got two boys, right? And I think we don't want to create a divide. We are one. And actually, when we start saying, right, well, it's it's all about women, then we're we're almost um excluding men and we're giving out that message that you know we're 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 separating ourselves and actually we want to just be together, right? We want mm. to just appreciate the masculine and the feminine because actually in the masculine and feminine, we need both. Yeah, I <laughs> we actually I, have balance. I think if you create that divide, you're make, we're making it harder for ourselves to become equal because you create resentment and you create a war in a way. Um, and I'm, I'm not someone that I, I'm not really I'm not into extremes either. One extreme to the other, like be a feminist. But when it gets extreme, I'm just I don't really have much time for it. Um, I'm I'm one of four and I have three brothers um, I'm the only girl so for me to to uh, not include men in some way and and to be ignorant to that the fact that I have three brothers who who are have never made me feel incapable of anything they look up to me in a lot of ways you know I'm the first one to have a child um, you know we we complement and admire each other and my gender has nothing to do with it um, my mum and dad have always been so great in encouraging that. It was never right, Connie. Your stuff's the pink stuff, and you can do ballerina. That you can be a ballerina, and the boys are playing football. Like it's never been like that. 
Um, you know, I played football too. Um, so, you know, the way I was brought up was that, you know, men and women are the same. Like my dad's never told me I can't do anything, which is amazing. And I'm grateful for that. There has been odd, the odd time where it's like, oh, Connie, um, Elliot, one of my brothers, hasn't done the bathroom. Can you do it? And there was that little bit of domestic imbalance where I had to do the dishwasher or like it was just easier to ask me than than my brothers. And I think it was a lot to do with being the girl. And um, but I think like that's not my mum's fault because she would have mm. been brought up that way. She's one of eight, four boys, four girls. And it was probably a bit more gender specific. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Like if I have a son, I want him to respect women as much as he respects his own gender. Yeah, I think it's such a good point of really just accepting everyone instead of looking at the gender. And I think, you know, many people can be can can get better at it. Um, mm. So it's great that you're bringing on guys on the podcast. So am I. And you talked about, um, you know, being brought up with three brothers. And did you find, you know, when you were growing up with those brothers, it was great that you said that you didn't have that from your parents and stuff. You talked about that you were into football. When when did you say, because obviously you've got, you know, your makeup and, and everything that you do. There's so much that you do right now. How did you find, begin to find your niche, Connie? When did you go, actually, that's the thing that really lights me up? Or have you found that yet? Um, I think I have. I think I've found it. I think I found it probably three years ago. But then since becoming a mum, lost it a bit. And then I've refound it again. And I don't think it's changed much. Like, I think your niche is is what, like, like excites you, what sets you on fire, what makes you passionate. Because when someone's passionate, it really shows in their work. So for me, beauty from the inside out is my passion. Like, I believe that, you know, your, your well-being, your lifestyle, what you eat, exercise, stress levels, sleep, all those things are so important and I'm so passionate about learning about them and you know trying to be the healthiest I can be but also the beauty aspect the self-care aspect the the cherry on the top is what I now call it um uh the makeup and doing your hair and you know wearing a nice dress and that combination together for me is just a, a winning combination obviously it's not always as easy as that like if you struggle with the sleep you know it can take you a years to get it right but mm-hmm. just just I, I'm just so passionate about it. and it's because I was of poor health and lack of confidence and thought that makeup was the be all and end all and the only way that people were gonna like me was if if I was you know I had to be skinny to be popular Mm -hmm. um and use makeup to mask you know my insecurities and you know I reached such low points to get to where I am now but I still have my days obviously where I'm like feeling especially with a pandemic you know um but I think I think that is my niche is just is is just talking about you know beauty from the inside out that's why I've done a nutritional diploma I wanted to learn more about food and and why why it's why it's so important and and skincare is like your topical mm. it's like the stuff you put on top which is you know amazing skin and I just find it all really in, in, intriguing and I and I do think that it's um an essential recipe as a whole to, to for you to feel good in yourself 
Yeah, I think because sometimes people can go when they go into that um, beauty from the inside out. Sometimes we can take that stance of, oh well, you know, then I shouldn't put makeup on, I shouldn't get glammed up, because then you know if I'm not supposed to care about what my people think, then why am I wearing makeup? Do you know, but actually people do often throw that at people. Then, oh, why are you wearing makeup? Then why are you doing your hair if you're really not that bothered about it? But I, I actually really believe that when, when I'm feeling, you know, there's because there's more days than not that I'm just kicking about in the old stretchy leggings because the jeans aren't fine now, and here's mm-hmm. and a top knot, and I've got no makeup on, but that's okay. It's giving yourself permission. But I do know when I actually say to myself, right, I'm going to go and put some makeup on. I'm going to do my hair. I instantly feel better. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fake tan is like my savior sometimes, you know, just a little bit of tan, like nothing crazy. Might just be a bit of moisturizer with a tint in it and, you know, just washing my hair and blow drying it and, you know, getting like a week's worth of dry shampoo out of my hair like you know it's weighing up, me down yeah. your fingernails and that when you're going to be itchy the head it comes out in your fingernails yeah. is that dandruff or is that dry shampoo oh you're like what is this have I got a flaky scalp no it's a month's supply of dry shampoo the Batiste yeah <laughs> there are other brands obviously but that's the best yeah. one <laughs> literally that is that's what I mean um but like for me for me as well like when you're talking about people saying well if you're like beautiful from the inside out and you know it all comes from within then you should be fine without makeup but I am like I I'm <laughs> I'm no, I'm here I'm I've got no makeup on my hair scraped back it needs a wash I I wasn't sure whether we were filming or not but that didn't make me go I'm gonna go and put makeup on yeah because I just thought you know this is this is me and I love myself like this and I love myself glammed up and whether mm-hmm. that's glammed up with just a little bit of bb cream and mascara or whether that's a smoky eye and you know a proper nude lip then you know I love myself as every single version and the reason why I do is because I am not different I am Connie every single time yeah you know that makeup doesn't transform me and go mm-hmm. I don't become like um you know some sort of like confident diva I don't have um an alter ego I am Connie through and through regardless of what I look like and it's taken time to get there but that's mm. is the it's the it's that recipe I was talking about mm. beauty inside and out that has got me to where you know got me to that point yeah so I want to touch on that Connie because you said it's taken me a while to get there and you mentioned a little bit earlier about not being there and being at a low point so what was going on at that point for you then where did it start so uh, like I've always been um, quite developed for my age, so I had uh, I was a 34C when I went into year seven as a as a is it 11 or 12 year old year old. So I was pretty much a woman, you know, physically, not mentally or or emotionally, but physically. I started my period at 10, so very very advanced uh, physically, which instantly when instantly compared myself in primary school you know I I looked at the other girls in my in my class or year probably only three others that had boobs and I used to think oh my god they've got boobs like and they're I'm like that we're so young I became you know those the odd one out you know those girls that I became the minority 
So from a young age, I was conscious of that because physically you can see it. It's not like a mental thing that people can't see. Physically, the boys in my year could see that I was growing boobs. Like the girl, my friends were like, are you, do you have a sanitary towel in your bag? Oh my God. Are you on your period? Oh my God. What's it like? And you're 11 years old and your friends don't have their period until they're 14, 15. Mm. You know, this feeling of being alone or being different started quite young. Um, and then I am naturally just a curvaceous woman. Um, I struggle to lose weight. I actually just, I just got my results back for a DNA nutrition test and I have the obesity gene. I have slow metabolism, slow metabolism gene. I have every gene, you know, possible that makes weight loss or just sustaining a healthy weight really difficult. Um, and I feel relieved now that I finally, after 28 years, have have the answer. But um, so my weight's always fluctuated, even being very sporty. I've always loved my food and loved it more than my friends. Like, why why does that meal doesn't fill me up? It fills them up. Like constant comparison. And then when I got to university, I, I found myself in a really um, I was really low because I'm a home bird. I love my ha- my home. I grew up in an amazing house and my family, we all live in a cul-de-sac. So like, why would I want to move to a city that I don't know, surrounded by people I don't know, feeling insecure in myself? I was the biggest girl there, even though I was probably only size 10 or 12. And again, comparing myself. So I thought, right, well, you're always comparing yourself. You're bigger than these girls. They all seem really happy. That must be it. You know, lose weight um and you'll be happy you know you'll love university you won't feel homesick anymore because you'll have friends and people will like you and all these things go through your head and um I wasn't educated on weight loss so straight to the fad diets like one after the other and then you know trying to make myself sick at my lowest Mm. point um looking at the carbs in vegetables uh like like not eating not eating red peppers which are so full of vitamin c and goodness because i thought they were too sweet um but 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 i would pour a stir fry sauce on my on my dinner because i wasn't aware of the sugar and the pro the the processed food and so so completely uneducated high fat high protein diets so sausages like it's just crazy like when i look back but i was lost I was unhappy um, and then I took some illegal diet pills, uh, diet tablets from eBay, which just made me so thirsty. I thought I was desert. like I, I had to sit down in Wilkinson's at one point. I was so dizzy and dehydrated. Um, another time I took some fat burning tablets. Uh, they were made by Jodie Marsh, actually, when she became yeah, a bodybuilder. She was like one of the first people to like bring out something like that a celebrity I think well that I know of and she become a bodybuilder and was kept talking about shredding fat and took them and I had a really bad allergic reaction and was had to go to A&E with and that was all at uni on my own you know a flatmate took me and it was a really really tough time and I was constantly battling with myself and my body and I got glandular fever in my first year which um I was I was over exercising not eating carbs whilst having glandular fever and I collapsed in Sainsbury's and had a fit 
that's how bad it got you know and and this whole time I probably never even lost that much weight because my body's just not designed to lose weight in that way which I've now found out by doing that DNA test but I would be like I'm doing everything I'm starving myself and I'm exercising and I'm still not skinny and I collapsed smashed my head off the um self-checkout I was out for the count yeah awful luckily my brother went to the same university as me by chance called him he's so laid back and he was like what (laughs) I'm in an ambulance I've had a fit you've had a shit what (laughs) I'm in an ambulance I've had a fit come and say like come and help me come to the hospital and then my mum and dad by coincidence were on their way to Somerset which isn't far from Bristol where I went Mm. well it's on the way yes my dad had to just divert and they come and I ruined the whole weekend basically um but I was at a really bad low point university was a really tough time for me and that's where that was probably my lowest point the, the trying to be sick never successful but wanting to do that was bad enough um yeah and then it's just it's been a, a roller coaster really yeah, sorry I feel like wow. I've just really waffled sorry no you haven't actually it's beautiful and you know I think there's so many people that can relate to this so many people more people than not can relate to this everything you're saying I was I knew people that did the diet pills laxatives I knew people mm. that did the laxatives the Atkins then this thing I had one friend who used to have to spit in a cup and this other thing and then she would take this other thing and she would take these do these poos and she had to and the poo was like oil I mean honestly like so many friends and people that I knew it was definitely like it was almost like a nothing. People were just mm. doing it. So mm. I can really, I, I, I was with you. You took me on that journey with you there because, and, I, and it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's just this thing around how how much beauty is man-made. Mm. You know, we look at an image of someone from the 90s, um, you know, the super waif body versus, you know, the curvy one. And, and, and it's, all, it's just all man-made. You know, when you look at bodies in, in the 80s, and my mum, you know, I was brought up when I was younger, 80s, 90s, you know, it was like size 10, was curves, and that was like the model look was like size 10. Then it went to like size 4 or 6, and it was like the skinnier, the bonier, the better. Mm. Oh, my God. And it is, it is, and that's why you know how much beauty is man-made because it's whatever is in season whatever is that look because you go to another culture another country they think that that look is disgusting mm. and their women are walking about in the nudes and you know yeah. and their boobs hanging out and their curves and they're like they love that look so this is how it's and it can be so damaging to you know not only your body how you're actually damaged, you stop actually looking at your body as the vehicle that you need to keep you alive. It's like punishment, punishment. Oh, you know, I had a bad night, I was binging, so I won't eat for the next week. Mm. I'm going to punish you now. Mm. It's like your poor body is the thing that's like, and it's the the thing that, um, and I share this a lot with people, it's the one thing that's there for you, no matter what, no matter what, how you speak to it, no matter what you say, no matter how you treat it, you cut yourself at heels. 
Your body mm. wants to work with you. It wants to love you. And mm. it's us that go, nah, not good enough, not good enough. Mm. And, you know, when you talked about that at uni and you said, you know, that was a dark time, did you feel like it was dark at the time? Or is it when you look back, Connie, that you go, shit, that was actually really dark? No, I knew I was in a bad place and I and I wanted to quit university so many times. But um, my mum said to me, one, like, I know you're struggling to make friends because it wasn't my first choice. I got put in, I did get put on campus. Um, and she said, you were popular at school, like you can make friends. So just give it six months and then six months went by and, you know, I met a couple of people and just plodded along. And I knew every time I had a drink is when the tears came and the realisation came. And one day I rang my mum and I said, mum, I've been trying to make myself sick. I was drunk and she got me a train home the next day. And, you know, we had a good chat. Um, and I think I was in a bad place even when I graduated. I We got the train down. I did really well in my degree. I said to myself, right, you hate this experience. University is not for you. It's not been great. But one thing you will do is you'll come out of here and you'll have a degree and you'll have a good degree. You need to make it worthwhile in some sense. And I got two one in business and marketing, which I was chuffed about. I got a first in my dissertation. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. But when I went to go and get my graduation picture done, we got the train down, mum and dad. I got my picture taken, got my certificate and we left. They wanted to hang around. They wanted drinks. They wanted um, to have the canapes and like enjoy the experience because Elliot didn't, my brother Elliot, the lay back one, didn't bother going to get his. So it was sort of down to me to, the other two brothers were in footballing background. So they didn't go to university. So it was sort of down to me to give my mum and dad that moment of, feeling proud but I I didn't want to be there I haven't visited Bristol since and I and I don't I don't want to go back to Bristol it sounds bad but it was it was I don't have good memories there um not that Bristol's a bad place it's lovely um it's just it's just not somewhere that you know I feel happy because of it could have been Liverpool could have been anywhere I could have gone to anywhere and had the same experience it's not the it's not the city but um I remember like going looking around the marquee at everyone and all these girls lined up together throwing their hats in the air like the friends they made I didn't have that I didn't I didn't make friends at university you know I haven't stayed in touch with any of them really um there's no there's not anyone I live with I I there's no bad feelings or hard feelings but I think I was going through so much personal like issues and trauma and like self-harm in a way that I guess maybe my friendship suffered I was a bit like tunnel vision blindsided I lacked confidence so I struggled to approach girls I was really sporty and I trialed out for the teams but I found the girls really bitchy so didn't go down that route and I could have made friends that way but it wasn't meant to be I feel like maybe I was unlucky but I also feel like yeah I just wasn't in a good place myself um but I also although I knew I was going through all this at the time I was completely aware of it I also thought well once uni's over you'll be back to your happy popular self again it's fine I felt like university was the issue um and that when that university chapter was over, all of a sudden, bosh, Connie would be happy and I'd have no body image issues and I wouldn't be doing fad diets. But that wasn't a, wasn't the case. It's not as easy as that, you know. 
Yeah, gosh, we know. And it sounds like um, a lot of it came from you when you were younger starting to develop at an early age and that feeling of, I don't belong. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like that when you look at that, there was a sense of, I'm not, I'm different, I don't belong. So when you go to uni, it's that sense of, I don't, I'm not like them, I don't belong. Yeah, it was, do you know what? I've This I've only realised now because I talk about it more and I think about it more. And it's funny, I've never lacked confidence in my ability to do things. So I am very confident in my intelligence, in my um, personality, like, you know, I'm a nice person, you know, I know I'm capable of doing things it's always been a battle of my body versus my mind and you're so right it's definitely stemmed from my physical difference and 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 being physically different that's caused the it and like affected my mind so I feel like I've got a really strong mind but it, it was often at war with the fact that I always felt really different or bigger or yeah more developed um like I remember as well so just an example of this is I didn't know what cellulite was and I'm I'm a 14 year old girl we don't need to know what cellulite is anyway at that age really um not that it's a bad thing it's natural but you know we're at we're at, at the swimming bath in summer holidays with loads of friends and there was two girls that were particularly horrible to me in high school they were two years older than me as well so they were more aware of things like said like because they were like 16 17 mm-hmm. sort of approaching that age where you're reading magazines and you're hearing more about it whereas I was like an innocent 14 year old and there was a girl there who was supposedly my friend but she kept getting phone calls and then I find out because she comes over to me and says by the way the two girls I'm not going to name them on here but they keep calling me and basically they want me to, to find out whether you've got cellulite or any stretch marks or anything because you're in a bikini and like they obviously they needed some anim- an ammunition mm. you know and that was the first time I ever heard of cellulite and I went home to my mom and said what's cellulite she was like why do you need to say that I said, oh because x y and z want to know if I've got cellulite you know so they could bully me about it so all these little things and these little uh, series of events I think you know, from the age of 11 to, you know, up to university. And then it took for university for me to feel uncomfortable, to feel out of control in my environment for then the self-punishment to to happen. Because I never punished myself before that. Yeah, it hurts though, right? And actually when sometimes when you, you just process it, actually when you look back and you start to really feel into that and you see yourself, you know, you're a mum now, and you see that you were a child and someone doing that, it hurts. It's like, wow, it's painful. And actually, as adults, you know, we're so conditioned just to, oh, you know, just get on with it. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, you know, uh, that's what kids are like. But actually, these things that happen leave trauma in your body and when you talked earlier Connie you said about this battle between your head and your heart because your head wants to make sense and go oh just ignore them sticks and stones you know this won't be your life when you grow up and you become a mum you'll forget all about this you don't actually you know on a level you do but actually how we start to show up in life is a direct 
you know, byproduct almost of what we've witnessed, what we've seen and what we've felt. You know, if we struggle with certain things, it almost always comes down to our past experiences. Mm. And that's yeah. how it shapes us and, you know, has us those feelings of, oh God, you know, um, and that's, that is, it is so tough. And even when you were speaking, I felt that emotion because you feel it for that girl, right? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I look back and I just want to give her a bit of a cuddle because I was just confused by, it, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing wrong. And, you know, like, you know, why, why, you know, why are people analysing my body? You know, I analyse my own body. I spent the rest of the day around me then I didn't know what cellulite was but I knew it was associated with my body and so I wanted to hide you know and I was already tough enough myself um it makes me emotional now like talking about it um because it's not fair and I think it's it's there's two messages there like you need to be kind to yourself because we are all different and yeah like body types and stuff are made to be a trend by the media and by brands um, or different cultures. But really, we're all just so different and our body shouldn't be a trend or a fashion statement. And that's one message. And the other message is you have no right to have an opinion on someone else's body. You know, that you have no, absolute no right. And it's happening more and more now because of social media and the internet. And um, it has to stop, like, even the strongest person, eventually you'll break them down. And it's just not fair because, like you say, this is our vessel. This carries us through life. It's our shell. And, yes, we need to look after it. It needs to be healthy in order to live, you know, a healthy, happy life. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not down to anyone to have an opinion on it or to criticise it. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. I'm with you. I feel everything you're saying. I'm like, Wow. And the thing is, it's what, and unfortunately, we live in an industry where people have opinions and people feel the need to be keyboard warriors and spat that stuff out. And it's really mean. But I guess what we want to do with with people, men and women, right, is to almost get them into a place of knowing their worth, like really deeply loving themselves and saying, well, do you know what? this person is behaving this way and showing up this way. This is everything to do with them and nothing to do with me because I think actually when we start to do that in our work, and I'm going to just touch on this with you because I know that you've gone on that journey and then done inner work, but doing that inner work to really discover that I am enough. I know that term is thrown about a lot like affirmations mm. but actually so many people will say to me Connie you know these affirmations gel I just I don't feel it like I love myself I hate myself you know I am enough I don't feel enough but actually um how did you get to a point or is it something that you know that, that you're still working on but how did you get to a point where you came out of that and started to fully accept yourself um yeah, I have, like I said before, I have my days and I, I can have weeks. And this this pandemic and unusual circumstance, I think whenever I'm thrown into a situation that's different, like becoming a mother for the first time, a pandemic, university, where I feel like I'm not fully in control, that's when the demons sort of creep up um, and I'm starting to realise this, which is great. And I think that's, that's the first step. The first is like realising your weak points, your strong points, realizing what triggers you 
um, and then learning to manage them. But for me, like the biggest thing is change. Um, I feel like, like you said, like quotes, like I am, you are enough and love yourself. And, you know, you're more than just your body are thrown about so much that people are getting bored of seeing them and therefore not taking it in and not working on it because it's more you can't you can't just love yourself by reading quotes you know actions speak louder than words and I'm a firm believer of that and um, I had to change you know I had to educate myself on nutrition I had to um, find my love for fitness again and you know figure out because I'm a sporty person but Obviously, I, I wasn't part of a netball team or football team anymore because I wasn't at school. So, you know, what exercise do I love doing? I love boxing. You know, I love I love a 20 minute, 30 minute hit because it's quick and it's done and over and done with. I love sometimes running if I need to think and, you know, you know, it's just finding what you love. And um, I also think um, accepting that you it's almost impossible to love yourself every single day. Mm-hmm. And accepting that and knowing that, you know, it's, it's always going to be a bit of a rocky road because mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. We all, no. have, we all have down days. We all have days where we feel a bit crap or we might look in the mirror and go, oh, cool, blimey. And that's fine. Like, it's normal. Like, don't let it ruin your whole day and your whole week. Like, mm-hmm. just move on from it. Be like, okay, I look like shit today. But it's fine because, you know, I've achieved this, this and this. And, you know, all these other things are amazing about me. And how I look today does not define me, doesn't, isn't going to, you know, stop me from paying my mortgage and keeping my child alive. So just get Mm -hmm. on with it. Like for me, there's a little bit of tough love there. And just talking to yourself and kind of like, I give myself a kick up of the ass a bit. And, you know, (laughs) I might look in the mirror and like be like, oh, why did I let myself get like this while I was pregnant? Like, why did I didn't said I wasn't going to put on the weight and I did and I'm still trying to lose it and then I'm like oh Connie just chill out like your child is so healthy you had an amazing labor you know you're still able to do so many things like your body's still amazing and um you know as long as you feel good mm-hmm. you know that is the most important thing god yeah what you're doing though Connie and because who you are and what you're representing for so many women, you are inspiring them every single day. And I really mean that. Like if you were just like everyone else, it would be boring. Like people follow you because you're real. You're absolutely real and you embrace that vulnerability and you say, I'm not perfect. And that's the thing. When I first started my business, I remember thinking, oh, God, I need to have all these ring lights and I need to look like this. And then I would go on like and I think, oh, why am I not really enjoying this? And then I thought, you know, I was like what you said earlier, no makeup, no eyebrows because I'm blonde and I'm like totally fair and I look bald. I was like, (laughs) oh, I've got no eyebrows. And um, and I'd come on and my sister would laugh. She'd be like, Jill, shove some makeup on or something. <laughs> and I'd be like, nah, I've got something. You see, I'm not going to go and sit for an hour and put my makeup on and do my hair now. And actually, I used to get messages. I still get them to a degree, but people are kind of used to me now. Saying it was so relatable. Like, there's over 7 billion people in the world. Not, and this is for anyone listening. Not everyone is going to like you, but who cares? Like, you have to like you. You have to like you first, and you have to accept who you are. Now, if you're not happy about something, 
you know, if that's something to do with your health, you know, because you're maybe unhealthy, do something about it. Absolutely. But don't do it for the wrong reasons. Don't do it to think, well, if I just do that, then I'm going to, you know, be more sexy or I'm going to fit in or people are going to follow me or people are going to like me because I look this way. Honestly, like the people who are admired most in the world are the ones that aren't aesthetically like a freaking supermodel and they actually speak their truth. They're the ones that we all gravitate towards. You know, when you see like an Instagram post, like Stacey Solomon, for example, right? I've talked about this before, right? Bit of a broken record here, but I'm going to use it again. When she posts, right, she gets loads of engagement. But when she posts a picture of her with cellulite, with rolls, in her bikini, in her kids, laughing, she gets like 10 times the amount of you know Mm. people messaging Mm. because people like that people are like oh Mm. my god thank god thank Mm. god and I think people suffer so badly with mental health because they see images and these highlights and they think oh god you know and they love it they they gravitate towards it right the glam oh but then they're, they're they get that kind of hit of dopamine it's like oh yeah that feels good but then they come away and then they look at their self in the mirror or they look at their life or they look at then they're screaming at their kids and they're like, oh, I bet she doesn't do that or I bet he doesn't do that. But they bloody do. Mm. Like everybody oh. does. Yeah, I think I think what it is, is I think imperfections were often associated with failure. And like, so majority of women felt like failure because, women that were successful and in the spotlight and celebrity would only show themselves as perfect but now people like Stacey Solomon who are successful who are happy who are amazing and just brilliant are showing all of those qualities of a successful person whatever you deem successful but but the natural cellulite and roles and just being herself it's giving people hope It's, Mm -hmm. it's taken away that idea that you can't be happy and successful and all those things that we want to be and imperfect physically mm. you know what I'm yeah. trying to say another totally. person, it's man-made bullshit right yeah that's it and I think Adele's another one of those like how oh my much, god I was gonna say everyone, that <laughs> everyone loves Adele obviously she's lost a lot of weight now but like and she got sick for it which is really annoying because everyone again you no one has the right to comment and everyone's on their own journey she might have she might have had health issues like me I was a size 16 and had fatty liver and high fiscal fat and mm-hmm. a size 16 is the average size in the UK and someone who's a size 16 might not have the high levels of fat that I did but I had that health issue and it was related to my weight and therefore eventually weight loss came from a positive place for me and that might have been the same for Adele just like give her a break and you know I think I don't know I think people are more willing to speak out about it people are more comfortable being themselves I don't know who started it or who paved the way but whoever it was is an absolute legend and it needs Mm. to continue like it's amazing now Sasha a friend of mine she started the filter drop campaign where anyone advertising cosmetics in the UK can't use a filter or can't edit the picture and they can change the lighting and stuff Mm. but you can't improve improve your skin by you know getting rid of pores or wrinkles or whatever it's literally like you can report them you can get fined oh I love that yeah I love that it's now official in the UK and 
I think a lot of influencers and celebrities are probably really shitting themselves right now. But oh, yeah. I think what they don't realise is it's probably a blessing for them too. Yeah, for their mental health. Yeah, I think they're all editing their pictures so much that they only feel comfortable mm-hmm. and they only oh, love those edited sure. versions. And, you know, when the real world gets back to real life and people are going to events again and, you know, we've all put on a bit of timber because food is like the best comfort ever um you know you know they're gonna feel really shit about themselves because this whole lockdown people have only seen this edited Mm -hmm. magazine mental health right I I don't I've actually reduced showing my body as much as I used to because I also think that's damaging too because even though I'm I'm just showing my body there's still other people might look at it and some might go uh, whatever I don't give a shit but others there'll be others that go oh I don't look like that oh I don't you know so there's still like an element of even if you're being real and not showing your roles and your cellulite and your stretch marks of actually should we just stop showing our bodies and making a point of it and just just accept ourselves and love yourself yeah and just focus on who you are and being nice to people on social media and creating fun entertaining informative content and let's just get rid of the whole body thing like let's let's stop seeing showing bodies full stop because I even sorry I'm really really talking love uh, it love it my last point on this is that I follow people that show those imperfections like cellulite and stuff when they're sitting naturally but they're still slim they're still muscular they're still toned they're still you know like I still think I okay that's great and I'm glad you're confident in showing your cellulite and all of those things but I think you're doing it because you still have an idealistic body so mm. it still can be damaging yeah, in some ways mm. do you know what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. so like yeah, yeah. Well, you're a PT and you're showing that there's you can you can still have cellulite which is hopeful and amazing but in other ways you still have an idealistic body. You still look amazing to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it can, still, yeah. it can still create insecurity. So totally. for me, it's just like, let's just maybe not focus on our bodies, but focus on how we're feeling and getting, yeah. getting our body moving and feeling good and feeding ourselves and nourishing ourselves, yeah, body, body and mind. I hope that actually, because I think you can start sort of get sick and fed up of social media. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm bored yeah. of this now. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit of like, oh, I, I get it. We all have cellulite and it's natural. Like, oh, I am getting a bit like, oh, it's not, it's not, it's soon not going to have an effect. It's not. Know? Yeah, totally. Because it'll go on to something else and then something else. And it's, it does start to not have that effect. It's like when you said about the I am this, I am the affirmations. And, uh, you know, you're not going to change your life just reading a couple of memes. No. You know, actually, it's about really coming away from it. Yeah. Like actually having that detox, coming away from it and actually dialing in and doing yeah. that and working here, by the way, it's bloody painful doing that work. You know, yeah. actually going in and exploring those shadow parts. Because when you said, Connie, you know, sometimes when there's triggers there, they come back. Yeah. When you said, I just wouldn't want to go back to Bristol because there's still some pain in there. Yeah. Actually, um, we distract ourselves with social media because sometimes we don't want to sit alone we're like oh I'm sitting alone with my thoughts here and oh right I'll put the tv on or I'll put some music on or I'll go and tidy up because no one really wants to sit Mm. and really feel 
oh god this is uncomfortable do you know yeah. and I'm not saying anyone needs to do that but actually it's a real part of the healing process yeah but making sure that as well that you're talking to people and I think you know finding that tribe of people you know people definitely relate to you do you know who you remind me of and I bet you've been told this before maybe you haven't Jacqueline Jossa no I haven't have you never been told that no but I can see it oh my god yeah even the way like you're just speaking I'm like oh my god yeah really do you know what I really I love her I loved her on I'm a service to get me out of here um and I did it on Instagram everyone's doing this thing of who do I look like and no one actually said Jacqueline Jossa but I probably I have the same sort of shape face as her as well yeah. but yeah yeah no I'll, I'll take that that's a compliment yeah. thank you but yeah definitely and I think just even the way you're speaking at oh I just think it's so relatable and so what advice would you give anyone who has body you know image you know issues going on right now um my first thing would be like it might have to get worse to get better in the sense that you do need to sit with yourself and sit with your thoughts and Mm -hmm. get to the root of the problem where did it start you know and and, and why did it start who are you comparing yourself to are you doing everything you can to make yourself feel good and I'm not talking about like building a booty you know I'm talking about like you know nourishing your body with you know the right foods and I'm not saying either go on a green juice diet it might be that you're actually not giving your body enough of what you fancy like might not you might be depriving yourself from pasta or Mm. white bread or you know a chocolate bar here and there because you're just constantly on a diet like really stop and look at your life forget about everything around you right now and look at yourself and really be honest and actually if you think that the way you look is the most important thing about you and it's the thing that's going to get you through life then you are being fooled you are fooling yourself because if you only focus on that you're going to be lost and left behind you know by focusing so much energy on how you look by investing all your money on eyelash extensions hair extensions lip fillers and all these things that are making taking you further and further away from yourself you are losing your talents, your skills, you're, you're putting yourself behind and you're not going to get far and you're just going to, you know, get deeper and deeper into that hole. So just sit down with yourself, have a good talk, talking to yourself, listen to podcasts like this, you know, and educate yourself and, you know, just, just realize that material things are just material things. And, you know, next month it might not even be a trend and you've just spent half your salary on it you know so just you know fix up and you know open your eyes to the real world and let me tell you something becoming a mum you know if if you're if you're not a mum yet and you're listening to this and you're you're struggling becoming a mum makes you really realize what's important in life and there's no way in hell that I want Macy to grow up and think that she's not beautiful enough and that you know the shape of her body is going to hold her back because like Kendall Jenner you know it's just not going to happen that's my advice oh my god boom mic drop mic drop oh god we have to get you back on 
How amazing was this chat? Honestly, I could talk to this girl for bloody hours. We'll have to get you back on, Connie. Yeah, no. I'm, Thank I'm... you so, so much for your time, your wisdom, your straight talking, your authenticity, vulnerability. Absolutely nailed it. Thank you so much. No, thanks for having me. I feel like I can't get this across on Instagram, so I'm, I've loved being a guest. Thank you.